0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. When I was a student at Notre Dame, I knew a priest there named Father Regis Duffy. And he would occasionally come over to our residence hall and preach on Sunday worship services on Sunday nights and he would always preach about Charlie Brown and Peanuts and the Peanuts characters. I remember his sermons really well. But one Sunday, he talked about his other passion, cooking. Father Regis gave this long intro into his sermon, how the French learned how to cook from the Italians. But the French took the Italian techniques and then they developed elaborate sauces that you could use on all sorts of food that had either turned or was or about to go bad in order to make them taste edible, to make them edible or taste delicious. Now, the French took the classic Italian basil, olive oil, and garlic and perfected their sauces using dairy and eggs along with fine herbs like lavender, chervil, thyme, tarragon, marjoram, and of course, all sorts of mustards. Essentially, the French took things that other cultures didn't value or they didn't know anything about, things that at times were relegated as weeds and used them to flavor ordinary foods and make them taste extraordinary. But it's important to point out that many of these plants that we now call herbs were at one time seen as something utterly disposable, weeds, to other people. We still do this with food this day and age as well. Let's take kale, for example. It's practically on every menu of every restaurant that has salad. Its health benefits are championed by Whole Foods markets, so it's got to be good for you, right? 30 years ago, the only people who regularly ate kale were people who could not afford to buy other types of fresh vegetables. Or think about the dish that Italians call polenta. Something we don't have much on menus in in Phoenix, but if you go to the East Coast, go to Italian restaurants in New York, it's always on uh, on the menu now. One time I met a woman who grew up very poor, and she grew up in the Bronx to an Italian family, and she found out about polenta and she told me, they served that at restaurants? When I was a kid, we ate polenta because we didn't have anything else to eat. Now it's fancy. Who knew? what one generation sees as undesirable or disposable, another generation finds valuable. Something for us to consider when hearing the parable that Jesus tells us today, the one known as the parable of the weeds and the wheat. Jesus knows his audience so well and he wants to get them riled up and get their emotions going by telling them this example of agricultural sabotage. Somebody's farmland is now producing questionable produce. Do you cut it all down? How can you tell what is what? What's ultimately going to be the end result at the harvest? At that point in the story, no one knows. No one knows. And the story tells us that Jesus actually leaves the crowd and lets them think about it. He only ends up explaining what he means afterwards to the disciples, the second half of the gospel reading today. Jesus uses this parable to talk about how evil things enter the world how it's random, and sometimes it's impossible to sort out what is good and what is bad. Most of the people who are in the story, immersed in that narrative of that story, want to immediately do something about the situation and start removing the weeds, discarding them from existence, eradicating them, cutting them down. But in Jesus' explanation to the disciples, he's clear that his followers are not to be the arbiters here. His followers, the Christians, are not being set up to be judges. No. Rather, they are being set up to be wheat among the weeds. And in that role, they're supposed to keep on following Jesus and his way of love through good times, bad times, and the ugly times, prospering as wheat in a field of weeds. It's not up for Jesus' followers to decide anything. God will determine where people are at in their hearts and in their souls at the end of the age. But this parable strongly advises us not to focus on this, or we hurt ourselves. We hurt ourselves and we start losing sight of what life is in the kingdom of heaven. But even though we try, we try to do the right thing, we try not to judge, sometimes we try really hard, we still lose sight of the kingdom of heaven and we label people as good or bad, even sometimes when they've done nothing to us personally at all. We label others as weeds or wheat. The debate that made, or excuse me, the debacle that made national news uh, Friday, I think it was, from one of the largest universities in the country, Texas A&M University, where the president, Catherine Banks, resigned. Apparently, the administration had plans to hire a new professor, Professor Kathleen McElroy, to lead the journalism department at Texas A&M. McElroy was a former editor of the New York Times, a well-qualified professor from the University of Texas at Austin, uh, very well-respected among all of her peers, and she happens to be African American. And when Professor McElroy's appointment was announced publicly, a firestorm ensued from people who immediately sought to dehumanize her, to denounce her credentials, to diminish her accomplishments, and to resist in the most vocal way anything about her appointment to that position. Their main reason is that they objected to her publicly writing about a desire to create a more open and inclusive faculty in the realm of journalism. Professor McElroy, seeing this firestorm, withdrew her candidacy for the job. The faculty senate at Texas A&M University got wind of this situation. They took up the situation and condemned the president's lack of leadership. And now they've called for a full investigation into what really happened. All in all, this situation is a mess. It's a mess because it very clearly shows how the behavior of certain people to categorize some ideas and some people as the good people and others as the bad causes destruction and chaos, even when those people have done nothing harmful to anyone. Yes, this situation brings up questions of racism. Yes, it brings up political division. And yes, this brings up all kinds of questions about mismanagement, but it boils down to some seeing people as weeds instead of wheat. And it puts people into a place of binary thought, good versus bad, and there's nothing else. We in our society have tons of hot-button issues right now that do the same thing about all sorts of stuff, about the rights of women, about the LGBT community, about college admissions processes, about the war in Ukraine. So many issues, and so many are caused because we refuse to see the humanity of one another and we are hellbent as labeling people as good or bad instead of aspiring to live in the kingdom of heaven where every single human being is called a beloved child of God. We do this so much, so much, And we are invited to look in a new direction today. We're invited to keep living into the life that Jesus wants all of his disciples to lead, a life that honors everyone with dignity and respect, a way of being expansive, expansive in thought and in deed and in action where love is the overriding factor. Even when people do things in the world that really make us angry, and want us to cast a shroud of condemnation upon them. Jesus wants us to have a life, a life that pulls us away from the thought of binary, of good and bad, of wheat and weeds, and instead inviting us to ask more profound questions. Like, where's the love that Jesus offers right here and right now? How do I bless this controversy or debate or this situation without condemning anyone? How can I let God be the ultimate judge and not myself? Not easy. But at least we are let in to the explanation of this parable, unlike the people who originally heard it. This is not easy at all. But it's important to remember that God is still helping us improve ourselves. God is still perfecting us and blessing us and calling us into a higher service for the life of the kingdom of heaven. This is all what Matthew's Gospel has been about this whole summer. Everything is about imagining the kingdom of heaven. And as we continue to allow God to form us in new ways, We might change our minds about the weeds in the fields of life. We might change our views of these currently unwanted perceptions we have about others or about certain aspects of society, and we might just find ourselves like Father Regis or the French chefs of old, picking weeds and realizing the weeds bring deliciousness into the world. And maybe we just need to let the weeds grow wherever they grow and for ourselves to focus on the kingdom of heaven, a realm of complete love and belonging to no longer cast hefty condemnation, but instead shower situations with love and blessing and leave the rest of the stuff up to God. I'm sure God can handle it.